the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? It's Magic. It's, yeah, just me. A little bit of a different look. Don't worry, Mike Simich will be back at some point. But uh, if you're not aware of what's going on in Southern California, where we live, it is not sunny and warm like it tends to be. Right now, it's our rainy season, and it's been so rainy. If you didn't know, Santa Anita preemptively canceled two days before. They said, no, we're not going to race on Sunday, February 4th. Uh, it's still been raining hasn't stopped and flooding is a real thing because it's a desert climate out here and the ground just does not absorb more than like half an inch of rain uh within about a 24-hour period well where mike salmich lives in the airport that's right there it's so bad that the whole airport is like the, the runways are all flooded every single flight in and out was canceled for today so that means that mike salmich is stuck in las vegas for another day what a shame that must be we're all gonna shed a tear for mike salmich on that one but I'm still here, and what that means is I need every one of you out there in the Magic Mike Army to uh, chime in here on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on each of the races. We'll talk about them. And this is a Kentucky Derby Prep recap show. Uh, I, if, if you didn't see just about uh, 10 minutes before I went live, 15 minutes before I went live, uh, Aaron Halteman's latest update video for the Kentucky Derby came out. And that one, uh, you could tell in his voice that... This was a wild weekend, right? And I think if you were watching, uh, paying attention to horse racing, so many things happened that were just unexpected. And you could start with, you know, fierceness losing the Holy Bull. You can talk about uh, the the Wither Stakes and what kind of a mess that race was. And the Southwest Stakes, you had uh, the highest buyer of the weekend for Kentucky Derby eligible horses uh, was in the Southwest Stakes. But it was a horse that very few people saw coming. And uh, still not sure what to think about that. So on today's show, I am going to be talking about all those. But again, if you're watching live in the chat, let me know what your thoughts are for all of these races we're going to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Without further ado, Riders Up! Well, I think the big one we got to talk about first here is is the Holy Bull Stakes over at uh, Gulfstream Park. I'll do this right now because we've all pretty much have seen how this race has gone. We know what's going to happen, but oh boy, your two-year-old juvenile champion, Fierceness, makes his big return. He's he's one to nine for almost the entire line of betting. We got one to five on him. We thought, hey, that's going to be good value. And right out of the gate, went, uh-oh, well, that's not where he wants to be. Fourth. Now he's going to be rushed up and go four wide. Oh boy. So the break wasn't good, right? We, we can just, we're not even going to say it was uh, not ideal. It was just a rough break for fierceness in the great two holy bull stakes. But from here, you're going to watch the times and, and watching it on the live stream. If you're with us, we couldn't believe that this race was going to be this slow. I mean, you're going to see this first fraction is going to be 25 flat and you go, what? On the dirt at Gulfstream in a, in a Kentucky Derby prep race where the two-year-old juvenile champion is making his return, but that's what happened here with uh, Fierceness. Uh, Hades was the horse that I thought, if you didn't want to play Otello, who was the clear second choice betting-wise, if you didn't want to play him, Hades was undefeated, but he never tried two turns. He's a Florida-bred gelding. You questioned what he had been beating. Well, 
he beat Fierceness, and he beat Otello, and he beat everybody else in this race. Uh, a lightly raced horse just with two starts. At this point, Fierceness starts to advance, and you think, oh, yeah, like, this is going to be, this is, th- th- he's going to take off. We're going to see something special now, right? And Paco Lopez there on the rail with Hades just kept fighting back and saying, no, no, I think I can, I think I'm going to hang with you. I think I'm going to take it to you. And it, right here, I'm going to pause it. If you look at those two horses next to each other, I'll make it a little bit bigger just in case uh, you can't see it that well. But clearly one of those horses is much bigger than the other. And it's not the juvenile champion that's the bigger of the two. And that's surprising. You see that like, wow, that is a big horse for the one. And Fierceness looks like a little boy. <laughs> and you're going to see here from the result. Not a great result for Fierceness. Uh, so you got to go all the way back to Super Saver in 2010 to find the last time that you had a a highly hyped two-year-old do horrible in their debut and still come back uh, and, and win the Kentucky Derby, which Super Saver did here. I mean, it's one thing for you to go up to Hades and kind of not have enough because, you know, he got used hard out of the gate to get position after being bumped. Domestic product, that six horse for Chad Brown, you should not have let that horse come up and get to you. So, uh, Hades was officially assigned a buyer of 85 out of the, once they... The initial rating was it's now been bumped up to a 90. Still not a great run. And credit to Aaron Haltzman for calling this out on his Kentucky Derby news video. This was the slowest running of the Holy Bull at 1 and 1 16th miles ever. If you'd gone into this weekend thinking whoever wins the Holy Bull is going to run it in the slowest possible time, you're going to think like Fierceness got hurt and didn't finish the race. Or, you know, fell down. He maybe pulled a Bodie Express and threw... Uh, John Velasquez out. Um, oh boy, that was just such a horrible, horrible effort. Now, selfishly speaking, from a fantasy perspective, I thought this was hilarious because the number one overall pick was, of course, Fierceness in the Dr- Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. And Otello was a horse that we had really wanted to get in the fifth round. And we didn't get him. Um, this was not a this was not a good effort from either one of those horses. Plans moving forward. We'll talk about that, and then we'll move on to another race here. Hades, you're gonna, this is going to be a trend. You're going to hear me say a lot with these races. Hades is going to wait until the Florida Derby. Now, this one, it kind of makes sense. He, like I said, he's lightly raced. He's only had two races. Uh, this is only his third start. And you don't want to push a lightly raced horse that's still developing, still growing, as hard as you can on the Kentucky Derby Trail. If your goal is the Derby, you don't push them. So... I understand why trainer Joe Orsino said we're going to wait. We're going to train up to the Florida Derby, give him some proper spacing. This was a big effort. He'd never gone two turns before. This was a big effort to beat the juvenile champion. A 90 buyer is not anything to to laugh at necessarily. It's just in this race, you were looking for high 90s. Uh, You're looking for fierceness to pop 100, honestly, is what a lot of people were thinking. So... Uh, there is another prep at the, uh, Rodney asking in the chat, there is one more prep between this and now the fountain of view stakes will be in four weeks. So that is going to be the early March prep. And then after that, it's going to be the Florida Derby. So there is still one more prep. It's another mile in the 16th race at Gulfstream park. So that will be where he shows up, but yeah, or sorry, that is the next race on the road to the Kentucky Derby, uh, at Gulfstream park, but both he and, um, Fierceness are going to wait for the Florida Derby. With, with Fierceness, I mean, you thought he was a frustrating horse going into the juvenile. like Or coming out of the juvenile, I should say, because he his debut at Saratoga, the best two-year-old performance we saw all summer long at Saratoga, goes to Champagne, 
throws up an absolute clunker. Goes to Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Looks like a star. Looks like a superstar. Here, he looked just as poorly as he did in the Champagne. The Champagne and this race, what's the key... Uh, that's the common denominator here. This is why I need Mike Samich. The common denominator is that Fierceness did not get right on the lead, did not get to do things his own way up front. He can be beat. He is very mortal. And so we now have seen both on a fast track and in the deluge of the champagne, if he doesn't get right to the lead, that little horse, and I say that because he is tiny, that little horse is, is not going to get there all the way. So that was pretty frustrating. Uh, uh, Fierceness, the next out winner, possibly, maybe. But it's the Florida Derby. You're going to need to demand a price on him in the Florida Derby. And I don't think you're going to get that because he's the two-year-old champ. Especially if he draws like the if he draws the rail, the two-post, and the other speed isn't close to him, then I think, yes, you could say the fierceness is going to have a good chance in the Florida Derby. But that was really rough. Pedlo, by the way, I remember this from the live show. It, he was between the one or the three to, to close out that pick six. Uh, yeah. Pedlo missed out on that $10,500 because he picked Otello instead of Haiti. Sorry about that, buddy. Hey, at least you got that far. I didn't even have Frankie's Empire back in the swale stakes, so you got that going for him. Uh, Charles B. brings up betting in Kentucky Derby pools early. You have to feel like it was a sucker bet on fierceness. This is a huge, huge, huge reason why Aaron Halterman, myself, we say those early derby pools are just an absolute crapshoot. And you're, the reason that the overall betting favorite is almost always all other horses other than the ones that were listed as individual betting options, that's the way to go in those early pools because you're there's so much unknown and there's so much that can go wrong in the four, five, six months from when you place that bet and it's set in stone until it's the actual Kentucky Derby. So all others is the solid bet and it's usually that last pool where it's like okay here you have a very good idea of who you want who you think is going to win the kentucky derby who's probably going to run barring unforeseen circumstances it's crazy we also uh i know that aaron haltman said before if you're going to do that or i'm sorry mike Salmon just said if you're going to bet early derby pool futures you need to expect you need to be getting 5 10 12 20 times 50 times what you think that horse will be in the gate for the Kentucky Derby. You need to get it then. Because you're also, you're locking in money at a set price. If you got fierceness, let's say, I don't remember what it is. Say fierceness was two to one in those pools. Fierceness would have to win both this race and dominate the Florida Derby to go to the Kentucky Derby at a lower price than that. That's that's why it's kind of a sucker bet, kind of ridiculous. So I'm with you on that one. Not a fan of the Derby Pool Futures myself until it gets farther down the line here. Rodney brings up, yeah, Fierceness doesn't like to fight. You're right. He likes to get on the front end and do things his own way. And, and if you remember in the Breeders' Cup, he wasn't fighting with Muth on the front end. I believe it was the uh, general partner. It was the, the Chad Brown horse that was by practical joke that had no chance at two turns anyways that he was fighting with early. And he was with him and easily disposed of him because he was a sprinter in a two-turn race. If that had been Muth that he had been fighting with, I'm not so sure, based off what we saw here in the Holy Bull Stakes, that you would have had that same result. But he absolutely freaked in that race. He absolutely freaked on debut. Yeah, early derby pools, great value to fade. Uh, Rodney says, someone bet $2,000 on Fierceness in the derby pool. The payout was $52,000. Wow, that's bad. That is bad. Uh, another race that... Uh, Listen, I'm just going to say it was bad. 
the Withers Stakes. It, this one we could probably go through quickly. The Withers traditionally not a Kentucky Derby producing race. It did have Hitchell win it uh, last year. Hitchell ran a credible fifth in the Kentucky Derby. He's a very good grinding horse. Uh, great underneath use that Mike Samach had pegged actually off of his victory in the Withers. I'm not sure we're going to say the same thing about Uncle Heavy, but it is early here. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. This is a mile and eighth race in kind of a muddy track up at Aqueduct. You know that the splits are going to be slow because it's Aqueduct in the winter. You add in the fact that the track was a mess. And then you add in the fact that there really weren't any good horses in this race. And this is pretty much a pass. The most disappointing effort has to be from the number three fl uh, flight line. I keep wanting to say that. I hate that they named him that. Light line. No relation. He's by City of Light out of uh, a, a dam that has line in the, in the name. So that's where that comes from. But the three horse light line. If he was worth a half a damn, this horse should have won this race. He just didn't have it. Slow fractions early. I will say El Grande O, I thought, put up, ran better than expected. He finished second, which is exactly where I thought he would finish. I thought it would be light line that would come and catch him. But El Grande O, kind of outrunning his breeding, going a mile and an eighth here. He's on a pressured pace. You see Canate, uh, you see Seminole Chief both up there. At one point, you see right here, he slips all the way back to third on the rail and is still going to get kind of nibbled along to get up into the lead again here. He doesn't have the breeding, or the, really honestly, the, the way that I've seen for the performances to suggest a mile and an eighth is a good distance for him to continue going. But remember at Aqueduct, for stupid reasons that we can just only chalk up to it being horse racing, they're going to go from the mile and eighth Remsen in December, then they went to the mile Jerome, then they went mile and eighth in the Withers, and then next time it's the mile one turn Gotham. Anybody else see something wrong with what I just said? Okay. El Grande, I think, is a great candidate for the Gotham Stakes. It is kind of a quick turnaround. He's had several starts under his belt, but this is a this horse is best at a mile. He just needs to hope that Kanate doesn't show up and ruin things for him a third straight race. Right here, Lightline should be accelerating. You're going to watch the number eight Uncle Heavy get going. But Lightline has got no excuse. You have clear running path. You've got clear track right there that you're running on. El Grande O is begging you to come and catch him. And it's not even until he gets right at the wire. Boom. That Uncle Heavy gets him there. Now, if you bet Uncle Heavy, if you bet him to win, I sincerely, congratulations. You you pipped a long shot winner. This was a good price to get on him here. Um, but man, he gets an 84 buyer for that. This was like watching the Holy Bull at a slightly longer, messier track. It was just disgusting it Charles B says I can't judge anything at aqueduct with a slow track you're right you have to kind of try and figure out you have to first go into it knowing when you're looking at it that this race is going to be very slow I'm going to see slow fractions but how do they finish do they finish in 28 seconds 27 26 25 what is their grinding their running style like are they a speed horse is it are they a grinder like hit show those are the things you have to look for I look at this and see a bunch of horses that are whatever price they are in the Wood Memorial. If they go there, they're all going to be over bet, <laughs> whatever they are. Um, Aaron said this about the Holy Bull uh, with, with as slow as that speed was. I think you can say it also about this race. Take every one of those horses and just toss them in the trash. There's nothing from this race or from the Holy Bull that I've seen right now that I would want moving forward towards the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Petlo, look at that. You said you had the 4-8 exacta, mostly trying to fade light line. Well, congratulations on two things. One, you got the exacta, um, but you also knew to correctly fade light line it, which 
By the way, it's, I think he went off at six to five. What even money? No, absolutely not. Uh, the horse only showed up here because drumroll please, the winner of the Jerome for trainer Brad Cox. He unfortunately got hurt. He's off the trail. Brad Cox says, well, Aqueduct's an easy one to win. Uh, let me just send, uh, and he looks through his Rolodex and he picks, oh, I'm going to throw a light line over there. Yeah, no, not a, not a good, not a good spot. Um, <laughs> Chris Mill, Coach Prime would have had a chance in this one. He absolutely, Coach Prime probably would have, he probably could have danced backwards once he hit the quarter pole and still won this race pretty easily. Uh, just, just not that good. Yeah. T Dennis is watching us from the bar on mute. Um, says, oh, that race at Aqueduct, this race sucks. Yeah, this was not good. Not good. Uh, I am kicking myself a little bit from a fantasy perspective, not going with El Grande O. Kind of thought, oh, yeah, this will be a horse Belinda Rice tries to run in every single prep race. And listen, you get second place to those preps. A, you're going to end up qualifying for the Kentucky Derby. B, it's going to get you a lot in the fantasy league. So, uh, but yeah, Curtis Manlo, El Capi and Drumroll, please, getting hurt did a real number to this race. It did. Uh, it's unfortunate the number of injuries that we've seen so far on the trail that have taken out all of the good horses, but what are you going to do? Uh, the next race we can talk about, and this one, I, I agree with Aaron when he said that they thought this was the most impressive of the, uh, efforts of the Kentucky Derby eligible horses that we saw run this weekend. And let me know what you think down below. By the way, Rodney asked, when's the last time a horse from New York ran well in the Derby? Uh, Mo Donegal. Mo Donegal was, uh, won the Remsen Stakes. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blinking on Blazing Sevens. Blazing Sevens came out of New York for, was this in the Remsen? So, uh, tis the law. Yeah, tis the law. Should have won the Kentucky Derby. To Rodney's point, it doesn't happen that often though. It's not, you don't look at the New York shirt and go, there's multiple Derby horses there. You're like, ah, one of those could, again, Hit Show got fifth. Nobody thought Hit Show was going to win it, but he ran fifth, and if you're playing the super high five for the Kentucky Derby, that's you know that's a, that was a great horse to have in there. Tis the laws, my homie, though. I appreciate that, Curtis. Uh, all right, we'll talk about the Southwest Stakes. Oh boy, look at the sloppy, muddy mess at Oakland Park. That's going to be a regular here. So this one was very disappointing for me. From a, a, I thought that Carbone could really handle running well in this race. I thought with his speed, he showed last time out at a mile at Oakland that he could run well. I don't know if it was the slop. I don't know if it's the fact that he just isn't a, a mile on the 16th horse. I'm going to kind of blame it on the slop a little bit because it seemed like horses were closing very, very well as the day progressed at Oaklawn Park. Uh, sensible fractions. He also didn't get the lead, and that's something that I understand why they, they why Ricardo kind of rated him back a little bit because the four out of the Conqueror, the other Steve Asmussen in here, by the way, went up there. Uh I don't, I, honestly, like I get that they're two owner, two different owners, two different jockeys, and, and you respect the trainer, Steve Asmussen, for telling the jockeys, go out and run the race. Don't set it up for so-and-so. Don't let Carbone go and you sit back. Because if I'm Three Chimneys, the owner of Outer of the Conqueror, I'm pissed that you're not doing that with my horse. But, God, Carbone's your speed horse, man. That's his, his way of winning is going to the front and using that speed. I don't buy fully into the fact that even though he's by Matoli, he's a sprinter or that all Matolis are going to be sprinters. Matolis is a half-brother to Hot Rod Charlie. Hot Rod Charlie was not a sprinter at all. But right here, you're going to see Carbone fades and just steal for just a second. Looks like a winner. And look at this golden dream uh, trip up the rail. Mystic Dan, Kenny McPeak had himself a day. Also uh, had a big long shot win the Martha Washington Stakes two races earlier on the card. Similar way of winning. 
Absolute same jockey, Brian Hernandez Jr. So very nice payday uh, on Saturday for McPeak and for Hernandez uh, winning those two races. But we're going to go back and watch it because I was talking about Carbone a lot. I do want to give uh, both Just Steel, but especially Mystic Dan credit. I talked about how speed was kind of fading and horses were closing. He wasn't that far back. Mystic Dan's sitting here. Hernandez did a perfect job of saving ground with this horse. But you have to respect the fact that Mystic Dan took all of that mud from the 4, the 7, the 5, and 11. Took that all in the face and it wasn't bothering him. And then when he was asked, Mystic Dan went right up the rail and got the job done. Uh, it's not easy for any horse to just be asked and told, go up the rail underneath horses. And then you add in the slop and yeah, go after all of them. They like to go out in the open where there's some more space there. At this point, Justile looking very solid. Roaming up three wide is the 11 horse. Ramon Vasquez, I thought, uh, could really couldn't have done a better job on this horse. And here, Hernandez still waiting, still waiting. He kind of reminds me of Ryan Moore on Warm Heart. He's just sniffing for that rail to open just a little bit because he knows it's going to happen. Right there, it did. And he's going to pounce right on it. And look, that was some quick acceleration as well from Mystic Dan to just shoot right through there. And yeah, and as Aaron says, poor Just Steel. Like, he's trying. He's trying so hard. He's going to finish second, second, second. Yeah. What I thought was very funny after the race... Uh, the coach, D. Wayne Lucas, his trainer, said that the he's like, you know, I, I haven't leaned on him too much, so we're going to start doing that. You know, lean on He's like, he doesn't finish race. We're going to lean on him a little more. I'm like, if the coach hasn't already outworked him, that's not a great sign for, for Just Steel. <laughs> but, damn it, Curtis Manlow. I'll pull that comment up in a second. But, yeah, Just Steel's trying so hard, but just he can't get there. So next race... Is absolutely going to be the Rebel Stakes. The coach said he's going to put him in there, Just Steel. Honestly, he might, he was, I think he was 11 to 1. He's 11 or 10 to 1 here. I feel like he's going to get over bet in that spot off of this race. So be very careful. Uh, it sounds like either Muth or Maymoon or both are going for the Rebel. Uh, I think Muth is actually the one that Bob Baffert's going to send out there. So a Muth Just Steel double, or sorry, exact to see what that's going to pay, maybe. But oh boy, the, uh, the Mystic Dan. Gotta give him credit. That was, I agree with Aaron, that was the most impressive of the Kentucky Derby eligible horses to do what he did. He gets a 101 buyer. Highest buyer of any Kentucky Derby eligible horse that ran over the weekend. All of those things are great. Here's why I've got some caution. Number one, he's by Golden Sense. Golden Sense does not make you think, yeah, he's gonna go longer. He's gonna handle distances fine. Golden Sense, great at like six, seven, eight furlongs. Beyond that, Gets a little iffy for Golden Sense horses. Number two, he's never looked like that before. I've watched that horse's re replays tons of times. He's never looked remotely that good. So was it, my third concern, was it the slop? Did he just romp and is he going to bounce badly out, out of this in his next start, which is going to be the Arkansas Derby? What price do you want to take on that horse to potentially completely collapse and or bounce in the Arkansas Derby? Like that's, Gotta watch out for that one. If you're a fan of a horse like Muth or Maymoon, whoever Baffert sends for the Arkansas Derby, well, then you're gonna love this performance because it means you're going to get that much better of a price on the horse you like in the Arkansas Derby. But all that being said, you cannot under you cannot uh, downplay the fact that this was the most impressive of the Kentucky Derby eligible horses to perform over the weekend. So I thought that was pretty. Let's go to the comments here because there were some great ones here. 
Curtis Manlin says, you find a girl who handles kickback like that, you put a ring on it. That's the one that almost broke me. I appreciate that. Uh, Rob N. Winstock was MIA. Yeah, Winstock, winner of the Los Al Futurity for Bob Baffert. Baffert sent a horse out for the... Anytime Baffert sends a horse to Oakland, you have to respect it. I didn't respect Winstock, and I was really hoping that wasn't going to uh, hurt me. Winstock didn't get the lead, just like Carbone. Winstock's two wins... Two big performances were when he was sent hard to the lead. He didn't get the lead. He completely wilted. Carbone didn't get the lead. Completely wilted. Not good. When those horses return in a race and it looks like they're going to get to the lead, they can have an easy lead, that's when you want to play them. That's what I've learned from here. But not for, not for, no, not like that. Uh, Isaac Klein asks, says, Maycox Bay would have won that race. Uh, Maycox Bay was the morning line favorite. Now, I think was the incorrect morning line favorite for this race anyways, but did scratch uh, and not sure when he's going to re return. But Maycox Bay was being made the morning line favorite off of his last out victory, which was very impressive in the dirt, but it was an off turf race. So he was facing turf horses on the dirt and beat all of them. If he'd gone to the Withers, I think Maycox Bay could have won <laughs> based off what we saw that. No, Maycox Bay, I don't think was winning this race. I'm gonna, Respectfully, I'll disagree with you on that one. Um, he certainly would have enjoyed getting dirty and creating some kickback, but yeah, I agree with you, Chris, not for certain where, where he would have finished there. Um, if Derby day is sloppy. Yeah, that's, I think you have to move up a horse like, uh, like mystic Dan here, assuming he makes it that far, which he should. Uh, what's interesting. We'll talk about Bob Baffert in, <laughs> we'll talk about Bob Baffert in a second, but with the Baffert horses taking all the big points in California, Going to come to Arkansas and take the points for the Rebel and the Arkansas Derby. It's those two circuits. It's going to be hard for you to get out of there with a lot of points to make the Derby. But what we saw in Florida and New York is there are no standouts there either. I think this is a case where it used to be in the past you needed 40 points minimum to make the Kentucky Derby. What gets you in this year? What do you guys think? 20? 15? Like what? what is the 20th horse to make it in by points before they draw on their scratches. What is that horse going to have? I'd love to hear your guesses in the chat. Nobody knows, uh, you know, really what the answer is going to be until we get there. But yeah, didn't, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Pedlo says, is Baffert trying to take all the points and create an issue? I don't think that's it. First of all, he can't, he can't run at fairgrounds. I don't think that's something I'm not sure about. I've heard different things. Uh, Twin Spires CDI owned fairgrounds. I don't know if he's banned, still banned from all CDI tracks or just from Churchill Downs. Um, he's not going to go to Turfway Park and do anything there. It's just not his style. And he doesn't almost, he almost never ships to New York or Florida. And when he does, it's, it's like his C squad. So, but again, what we saw from New York and Florida, Baffert C squad this year could get the job done at those tracks there. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Charles B says he'll take the under on under 30 points is what the uh, the 20th horse in makes. Rodney's saying 25, 30. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot lower than 40 this year, the way things are, are shaping up. Uh, there is, of course, one more race to talk about, and I am saving the best for last uh, in terms of just the overall performances of what we saw. We're going to head back to San Anita Park, talk about a Bob Baffert horse. Holy smokes. Let's talk about Nisos. Super nice here. Uh, the Robert B. Lewis stakes very impressively a field of nine 
were entered in here, and only three of them Bafferts. One of them, Coach Prime, scratched. Uh, we'll see where he uh, shows up. Possibly Sunland Derby. Not sure. I haven't heard anything. Uh, but the one wind me up is a, uh, was actually, what was he, second in the American Pharaoh stakes uh, behind uh, behind Muth and ended up going off to Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Didn't run well in that spot, but a better effort from wind me up. I still don't think he's anything too serious here, but just watch the number six Nisos. First of all, what you love about this is this is not a need-the-lead type. If you've watched his races, he actually, I think, performs better when he's got a target. Uh, Flavian Pratt aboard, he said after the race that the horse really just, he picked up whenever I asked him to. He handled the kickback. Those are things that, for the Kentucky Derby, he's not eligible for, those are traits that a, a Derby champion has, right? He had the ability to sit off of a pace, the ability to handle kickback, because there's 19 other horses that are all creating dirt around you. There's a lot of chaos. For a horse that responds so well to things, it's great. I'm going to pause it because I've watched this so many times today that what's about to be on the screen here, the move that Nysos makes in the far turn, it's, it's, I mean, I, I know who we beat here, but my goodness, it's mind blowing what this horse was able to do when asked. He's going to get asked to go from third to first like that. It's incredible what he does. Right after they get past the trees, you see Pratt ask him once and watch his horse go right, tips right out for the three wide and one, two, three, four. He's th four seconds. He's from third to first. He has to go three wide, by the way. He doesn't get the dream rail trip that Mystic Dan does. And to watch him just power away. It, they were not going slow up front. This wasn't, you know, the other races. This horse absolutely smoked and is under a hand ride as soon as he straightened out at the top of the stretch. Beautiful effort, beautiful horse. Uh, it's nice to see the Bob Hope winner actually do something as a, th a three-year-old. Traditionally, that's not a race that produces strong three-year-olds for the Derby Trail, but just an absolutely amazing, breathtaking performance from Nysos here. I'll put it back on replay as we go back to the chat here and get your thoughts on it because, you know, I'm sitting here just gushing over him like crazy. And by the way, my opinion on Bob Badford is well documented on his channel. I do not like the man. I don't like him as a person. I don't like him as a trainer. I don't think he's good for horse racing. I don't like what CDI did to him. I think he should have been eligible to run. They should have been able to run the Kentucky Derby. I thought it was extremely unfair what they're doing to him. Truth Exposed says, Nysos pedigree is impressive. Yes, son of Nyquist out of a Bernardini mare. And the Bernardini mare is, let's see, within her family, there's a Breeders' Cup distaff winner. I think the third dam of, Ny of Nysos is the, uh, was a Breeders' Cup distaff winner. So, Nyquist horses, even though we won the Kentucky Derby, they don't always pop like they're going to be great at, at classic distances or you know even at a mile and an eighth. But especially with that bottom uh, from the Bernardini mare, this horse has got us. Anyway, you watch him run. Forget the breeding. You watch him run like that. You cannot possibly tell me this horse can't go a mile and an eighth with no problem. Bob said he's looking for more distance, and, and Coach Prime is still learning to race. Uh, so it could go to the uh, El Camino uh, Real Derby at Golden Gate, which will be in uh, two, uh, this weekend, actually. Uh, Truth Exposed says, <laughs> Nysos looked like a two-stroke catching a sharp corner in motocross. Yeah, he just, shoo! That's a great, uh, uh, just hit the gas and go. Oof, super solid. Uh, Jalen Santos, because you, Jalen, said 136 and change. Also, a nice time for a three-year-old at the start of February. You're damn right. A three-year-old at the start of February who's going two turns for the first time. Hasn't raced since November? Was the yeah the end of November early December yeah it was a Bob Hope stake so, oof, super solid super solid, uh, 
man, just what a what an effort, what a race there. So to me, but the most impressive winner, and it's not close, the most impressive horse winner or race winner we saw all weekend was Nisos. It is a bummer that he can't go to the Kentucky Derby. I'm not that hung up on it. The Derby's one race. It is our Super Bowl for horse racing, right? But it's just one race. Assuming the horse stays healthy, you're going to see Nisos in the Santa Anita Derby. You're going to see him in the Preakness Stakes. You could see him in the Belmont Stakes, depending on how the Preakness goes. You're going to see him in the Haskell. You're going to see him in the Traverse. You're going to see him in the Breeders' Cup Classic. And as fans of horse racing, when we complain all the time about horses you know, retiring earlier, not running that often, I really think we should be more optimistic about this horse and say it's just one race, but we're going to see him in so many other big, important races that we love. We love the Traverse. We love the Haskell. We don't always love the Preakness, but this might make us love the Preakness this year, you know? And, of course, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Like, being able to see him in those spots, I think, is going to be super exciting. And by the end of the year, we'll say it was stupid that CDI didn't let Nysos run in there because he was the Kentucky Derby winner. But we're going to see him just be absolutely brilliant in so many other spots. So, I'm saying you're going to see him in the Breeders' Cup Classic. He might. Did I say win? I meant to say, if I did, I meant to say he's going to be in the Breeders' Cup class. You're going to see him in these races. That's where I think it's going to be. Uh, National Treasure and White of Barrio both need to make it there, and we'll see what happens with their... Uh, nah, not sure. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, that's what I thought about the Kentucky Derby. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh, we still got uh, some other races to talk about here. Coming up this weekend, we have the Sam F. Davis Stakes is the only Kentucky Derby prep race. Uh, but that is going to be this weekend at Tampa Bay Downs. And if you're a fan of the Sam F. Davis Stakes or of Horse Racing Trivia, this week's Horse Racing Trivia Tuesday, which is going to come out, you guessed it, Tuesday, tomorrow, February 6th, in the morning here on the YouTube channel at RacingDudes.com. We're going to do Sam F. Davis Stakes. It was Aaron Halterman versus the golden voice of Tampa Bay Downs and Colonial Downs. Jason Beam was our guest, and it was so fun to have him on there. Uh, Aaron and I have been big fans of Beamy for a very long time. If you remember the old Beamy Awards that he used to do on Twitter, those were always classic. Those were always a lot of fun. But uh, just, it was such a great show. So please tune into that one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Jason Beam, by the way, is the person who, I told him this a long time ago, inspired my idea for doing the Magic Mike show in the first place. What became the Magic Mike show in the first place. I listened to Jason Beam. He has a uh, five-day-a-week podcast that you can check out. Still available. He still does them now. Uh, just look for the Jason Beam uh, podcast. I think it's what it's called. Just type in Jason Beam, B-E-E-M. You'll find him. He's not a hard guy to find. But I, listening to his recaps, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of kind of want to do something like this, put my own spin on it. Suggested the idea to the dudes. They said, great. They said, we think you should have this guy named Mike Samich on as your first guest. And the rest is history. Here we are. Although he's Mike Samich isn't here. He's stuck in Las Vegas. Again, let's you know shed a tear for old Mikey boy stuck in Las Vegas for another day. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyways, so, so please check that out. The Sam F. Davis Stakes is this weekend. Uh, we'll also have we'll have a preview for that. The racing races don't draw until Wednesday, so we won't know the fields until then. But also drawing on Wednesday, the Suncoast Stakes at Tampa Bay Downs. That's Kentucky Oaks Prep Race. Uh, Nest won that in the past. I know Julia Shining, Wonder Wheel, the juvenile champion from the year before. They were both in that race last year. So I know it's Tampa Bay Downs and it's the Kentucky Oaks. Some good racing there. And really, Tampa Bay Downs has had great racing since they opened. Things get a little funky there, but 
no less funky than what we've seen at Gulfstream Park this year, right? And everybody slobbers all over Gulfstream Park. So check out Tampa Bay Downs. I know Aaron and I have had a lot of fun betting that and playing it, covering it. So we'll be having full coverage of Tampa Bay Downs' biggest, second biggest weekend of the year uh, coming up. It is the preview for the Tampa Bay Derby weekend, which will be in early March. Also drawing this weekend up at Golden Gate Fields. It's no longer Kentucky Derby prep race and is very likely the last running of it. But the El Camino Real Derby... Uh, a nine furlong synthetic race. It is still a win and you're in for the Preakness Stakes. And if that's where Coach Prime goes, there, Baffert's got another one for the Preakness. All right, sign it up. So uh, Coach Prime could go there, but it will be a good race, a good betting race. We'll have a preview for that over here at racingdudes.com and at youtube.com slash racingdudes. There's one other race, and this is when having a co-host helps because I can make Mike just kind of sit there and uh and talk about stuff while i look it up and oh yeah that's right san india because they canceled yesterday sunday the fourth they're rerunning or rescheduled the las virgenis stakes which is a mile long grade three race for three-year-old phillies the kentucky oaks prep race that's this coming saturday so we'll have that covered for you at racingdudes.com as well thank you everybody in the chat for joining i really appreciated it uh see i get called a uh, i get called mean in the discord channel i'm not mean Look at our chat right here. There's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of fighting going. It's all in good fun, I think. But yeah, I, this is uh, this is great. This is great. I love all the comments here. No, I love every <laughs> I love every one of you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you uh, being on here. Uh, oh, here we go, Philip. One last question here. Pedro asked, you have to earn points for the Preakness. No, that's just a the only one you have to do that for is the Derby. Derby points don't mean shit for the Preakness, and they don't mean shit for the Belmont. It's Those races don't get full fields, so you don't have to worry about it. It's just, do you want to run in that race? They'll take you because, you know, it's like seven, eight, nine horses running those races every year. So there you go. Uh, Lloyd Phillips. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lloyd. Thanks for joining. I'm sorry to tell you we're, we're leaving. Show just ended, but hi. Go back. Watch the start of it here. Uh, you can go check that out. Uh, Magic's pretty mean. Listen, I'm not mean. I just make sure that I just make sure that there's humility placed on the people who need it. I'll just say that one. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. Appreciate you. Make sure you follow Mike and I on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kelloward. He is not here. I always point over here and he's not here. At Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Again, visit RacingDudes.com for free picks for every race, every track, every day across the country. If you missed it, it came out right before the show went live here on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook. But uh, Aaron Halterman's latest top 20 for the Kentucky Derby. That is up right now over on the website. So you can go check that out. Chaos reigned in three prep races. And Baffert dominated the other one. Uh, such a fun one. This was a fun show. Thank you again, everybody. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. We'll see you next. Well, no. Actually, Mike and I will be back on Thursday. We're covering the Tampa Bay Downs late pick five for Saturday's card. So Tampa Bay is uh, Sam F. Davis stakes, Suncoast stakes. I assume the Pelican and Minaret will be on there as well. Thanks everybody. Good luck. See you soon. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.